One of the most powerful tools that we have at our disposal is our imagination. And often what tends to happen is that our mind wanders away from what we should really be focusing on. Now, as I'm recording this podcast, as I've mentioned, one of my aims is to focus on the quality of my voice so that I'm able to learn how to add pauses, how to add more resonance behind what I'm saying, how to be able to get excited when I'm speaking and take people with me on a journey, down to how to go really low and talk about the times where things weren't really working that well in my life and how down and disheartened I was. Now, to be able to successfully do this, we have to be able to focus our minds and our attention on the objects of our desire whilst we are working towards it. So as I'm doing this podcast, one of my ambitions is to do more public speaking. And as I'm recording this, my vision or my thoughts are on standing in front of a thousand people without a script and speaking with what comes to mind. You see, we can try and script our lives and we can try and plan and we can try and control things that really are outside of our control. Or we can focus our attention like a laser beam towards what it is that we want most in the world. I've recently started swimming as a way of increasing my lung capacity to add more power to my words. And while I'm swimming, I was struggling for breath. And I started to focus on the fact that I was struggling and that just made it even worse. So I decided to change tactic and I decided to view myself swimming 60 lengths with ease. As soon as I put my mind on that, my breath became controlled and all of a sudden I could handle it. And this isn't just an analogy or a metaphor for swimming. It's actually about our whole entire existence in the world. When we are doing any activity, rather than what most of us do, which is just focus on getting it done or focus on perhaps the next day or two's work, if we can hold our long-term ambition in our mind when we do it, it enables us to become calm, relaxed, even excited at the thought of working towards something that's going to better our lives. If you imagine that you're focusing on just getting something done, when you're working on just getting something done, you're going to be like low. You know, whereas if you're focusing on your long-term ambitions, you're excited, you're moving towards something that's going to change your life and change your world. And it gives you energy. Your body language changes. Your shoulders sit back. You feel more powerful. A few of the other things that have really made a difference to me over the last, I'd even say a few months because last year I really pushed myself too far with hosting training courses abroad and just working too much. So I, 
I made the decision in December last year to not host any courses abroad in 2019. And I put sleep, drinking water, believe it or not, because that just makes me feel great and I always forget to do it, and exercise at the top of my list of priorities. Um, since I've done that, that's another interesting thing, by the way, unless you, when you want to make a change to your life, you have to actually make it the, the central focus. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. I mean, I, I intermittent fast and I trained intermittently. I'm, you know, I've managed to be in fairly good condition for the amount of effort I put in. But there's always that willingness to want more. And until you put something central in your mind, you're just never, ever going to give it enough attention. So I decided to make that my central focus. Uh, for 2019 and it's amazing the difference that it makes just to your whole life you know you just feel more calm my shoulder pain um, from my car accident is subsiding I'm spending more time in the gym actually because I'm realizing that you know it's not just a case of getting it done it's about enjoying the process and focusing on things longer term and it's interesting because you know an extra 15 minutes at the gym brings you closer to your long-term ambitions than you know perhaps grabbing a coffee afterwards so that's been interesting, just moving my list of goals and objectives and kind of having a central theme behind all of them. The other thing that I think I could discuss today is the use of our voice and how we can actually connect better with people. I'm just going to show you one additional technique. And as you listen to my voice, I'm kind of speaking in the middle ground. Now, if I wanted to get a little bit more upset what I would do is I would come down the scale and I would talk from here. So when you want to talk about things that are bad in your life, you can come low and, you know, discuss it from here. It's what a lot of films do when, you know, the main actors in the most difficult period. And then all of a sudden something changes and the hero's journey focuses on what he wants and he begins to rise out of the depths of hell and as the time goes on he either starts training or he refines what he's learned and all of a sudden he's back and he takes on the dragon and he slays him as you notice there i went from low to high and high is up here is really excitable it's you know it's you're excited by the world Whereas low is, you know, when you're focusing on the bad things. It's quite an easy polarity to remember. You know, when you're talking about stuff that upsets you, go low. When you're talking about stuff that excites you, go high. Now, the other point I'd like to mention on this is that, you know, when someone asks you what you do for a living, I'm going to give you two examples. Here's one. What do you do for a living? I own a podcast. What do you do for a living? I own a podcast. Which one? do you think is more intriguing to ask further questions about? I see this a lot of my training courses where people don't illuminate what they do enough. And this comes down to your first impression. You know, even when we love what we do, often there can be times when we're struggling and we don't feel great about what we're doing at that current time. So we tend to go down when we speak. Uh, in my experience, you're always better off going up. And a lot of people actually get this wrong because they think, oh, well, when you go up, it sounds like a question. Yeah, that's fine. But if you just stay monotone all the time as well, then this gets really boring and people zone out. And if you go down, you sound miserable. So actually, when you're speaking, if you end in a high, then that actually makes you more energetic and exciting to be around. 
One of my clients messaged me yesterday with a ridiculously interesting idea. He said that Seneca advises that you should read six books a year rather than reading hundreds and not knowing them well. And it's funny that he messaged me that yesterday because I'm really struggling to find good literature that gives me the mental stimulation that I require. And obviously I'm a big Seneca fan anyway, so it really resonated when he texted that to me. So I thought about this in depth and what I've decided to do for this year is to actually replicate that. But the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to have three books for the evening and three for studying. And the way that works is that the in-depth books that require more focus and more attention will be read during the day. I have an allocated slot to read them. Whereas books that leave me in a good place before I go to sleep, I will read in the evening. So an example of some good evening books would be Think and Grow Rich, As Man Thinketh, and The Science of Getting Rich. Now, these are all good books because they allow you to focus on being better, basically. And they, they all explain it a different way, but they are extremely inspiring before you go to sleep. And what I found by reading literature like this is that I wake up in the morning and I'm more up for the world. And then the other books that require more study, um, just an example of a few of those. Um, the Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, as I promised everyone this year. I'm going to give more effort and attention to deciphering seduction and, and making it simpler for everyone to understand. So that will be one of my three books this year that I'm going to pin down. The other point to note here is that you want to make sure that you're getting a wide range of topics. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that because, you know, say for example, you are struggling financially, then getting six books on how to change your life and get your finances in order is probably the best aim for you. But I, I always like to mix up a little bit. So I would have like three books on money and then three on some kind of self-development. But the aim really is to read the book like your life depends on it. You know, you want to be reading every sentence like you're scrutinizing it, like you're trying to find weaknesses and holes in it, because that's going to enable you to actually slow down and take in every word. The other interesting aspect about reading in this manner is that you slow down. And that's an interesting side effect of reading smaller or littler amounts of content. Because actually the more calmer you are, the more relaxed you are, the more confident you are at taking on the world. So when we slow down and suddenly we stop trying to read 50 new books a year and we just select six for 2019, all of a sudden the pressure's off. We can relax, we can delve deeper and we can enjoy the process of reading. I think that's a great way of attacking our goals rather than just trying to read everything we can get our hands on, which I've been guilty of in the past. And as I say, at the moment, I'm really struggling to find anything thought provoking. So it's kind of a relief for me to be able to uh, to do it that way. The other, you know, symptom of doing that, I say symptom, the other um, side effect of doing it is that you start to look at your world differently as well. And you think, okay, well, you know, how am I communicating with people? Am I just speaking to someone and moving on to the next? Or am I utilizing the same strategy as reading? And am I really connecting with someone? Am I scrutinizing them? Am I taking them in as a whole? 
and really connecting with this person. So one of the lessons from today's podcast is definitely about slowing down to the rhythm of life, not forcing things, taking and giving things the correct amount of time that they require without being in a rush. The final thing that I would like to discuss today is I got a text from one of my clients and he said that he's not going to go to his swimming training today. Oh, this was yesterday. And we'd set up his long-term ambitions and we set a plan for what it was. And one of them was to start cycling to work. And he said, he texted me saying, you know, I'm really tired from cycling. I'm going to give swimming a miss. And I responded and said, that's the worst thing you can possibly do. Cut out everything non-essential, go swimming, give 50%, give 10%, whatever it is, but make the commitment to go. Because when you look back on your day, you're going to feel like a success from doing it. And you're better off going and giving 10% than not doing what you want to adhere to. Again, I would imagine that working with this client for a longer period of time will begin to see energy leakages where he's wasting time in his life, not on stuff that's conducive. I think it's called chi energy in the East, where we have a certain amount of life force. We don't want to be wasting that away on irrelevant topics and irrelevant tasks. There's actually a great book, uh, or a couple of great books. One's called Essentialism, which is the disciplined pursuit of doing less. That's about cutting out all of the nonsense from your life. That was life-changing for me. And the other one is The One Thing, which is about focusing on one thing in your life and letting everything else become secondary to it. That's um, funny enough, one of the books that my client messaged me was going to be one of his six for the year. So it's obviously uh, made a profound difference to him when he first read that as well. But again, you know, I've spoken about these in the in the goal setting courses and the, the goal setting podcasts. It's really about getting rid of everything non-essential, focusing on your long term goals. That is what is going to make you feel great. Don't live in the future or live in the past. What have you done today towards the attainment of your goals? That is what is going to make you feel better about your life. It's not some point in the future in five years when you achieve your goal. Yeah, great. I know. No, it's, it's just nonsense. What it's about is tuning into what you want long term, focusing on that as you are working on your tasks, cutting out everything else non-essential and piece by piece, your life begins to have more meaning and more purpose attached to it. I'm also... Um, just finishing off reading a book titled Man Searches for Ultimate Meaning, which is the follow-up book from Viktor Frankl's best-selling book, Man Searches for Meaning. If you've never read that book, I would highly recommend it. It recounts his three-year experience going through the Auschwitz concentration camp. And he explains how um, certain people survived because they had meaning, even at real times of distress. So he actually developed a form of therapy called logotherapy off the back of it. Um, and he actually, talking about giving purpose, he, he actually gives a great example in the introduction to the, of the book. There's um, an old man who is really upset because his wife died first and left him to be lonely in old age. And Frankel helped him to reframe that to be, you know, you should be pleased that you haven't left your wife the same burden. So your meaning and purpose is living like this so your wife didn't have to and you loved her the most in the world. That is a, a great snapshot example on how you can reframe a certain part of your life and your whole life then has context and meaning. So if you are listening to this and you're not sure what you want to do with your life, you know, you can perhaps look at the areas in your life that you complain about the most and you can say, can I reframe this a different way? Can I look at it 
from a different angle that's going to empower me rather than, you know, rather than take my legs away so I've got no inner strength. It's interesting. I used to, um, during my years of trying to grow social attraction, my focus was so much on social attraction. I I really couldn't have the ability to look elsewhere. Uh, And a lot of things, my health deteriorated off the back of it, as did my, um, my training at the gym. Because my, my focus was actually on the wrong things. Um, and I would, you know, look at a week ahead and I'd be like, okay, so I don't have any clients this week. Right. Okay. Well, you know, this is really bad. I don't have any clients. And I'd start like trying to force things, trying to use the time really badly. And actually what I needed to do at that time was to reframe that situation and be like, okay, it's great that I've got a week with no clients because this allows me, you know, to focus on my health, focus on getting sleep, focus on eating the right food, focus on making myself more powerful, more stronger, increasing my knowledge by reading more. Because the other side of the coin has been the recent years of my business where I've been so busy that it's extremely difficult to have that time to do the things you care about the most. So that's an interesting paradigm shift that I've had over the years as well. And it's always interesting looking back on your life, how you can uh, assign a different meaning or see the reframes that you used because we're all different and we all are able to look at our life differently if we just give it the correct amount of time and focus. So I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and I will catch you tomorrow.